Welcome to Time After Time, a non-sponsored, highly judgmental podcast about time travel and love and friendship and the movies that bring them together into our living rooms. I'm Helena and I'm Paige. And maybe in an alternate timeline, you've already listened to this podcast and you loved it. Let's go. Okay, so a little behind the scenes 411 for all you time slots. We just recorded um, a good like 20 minutes of the podcast and then it went away. Zencaster was like, you cannot have it. You may not recording and you may not take what you did. It was like this will not see the light of day. Like there's a reason (laughs) why (laughs) it may not. The public can't see it. Yeah, because we are three white women, we're going to play Mercury Retrograde. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Okay, let me preface this by being like, we're going to speed through all the things we already did. (laughs) Which means before you introduce our guest, we got to do the whole thing where you were like, the Add a Project. Okay, you already did it. So they know, they know. That was the song I picked, but... While we were dealing with our issues, our wonderful guest, who we still have yet to introduce, came up with a song. So I will let the guest <laughs> do the song, and then we will introduce her. Okay, okay that's the right order. Yes. <laughs> okay. Hey, Adam, I know looks can be deceiving, but I'm actually the older you. <laughs> that's amazing. Right? That's that was amazing. really good. It was re- that's really good. Thank you so much. <laughs> so... The voice you just heard is an icon, a legend, a SAG-AFTRA card-carrying member, our mom, our daughter, our sister, our friend. <laughs> Grace Experience! What an intro. Thank you so much. Honored to be here. Number one time slot. Thank you. Wow. Is that a thing for every guest to declare they are the number one time slot? Yeah. You have you have some competition. I know, and I do. I our really other do. guests would like a word. I know. <laughs> After Cape Girl episode featuring Morgan Becto, uh, Morgan claimed that they were our number one time slut. And then a uh, previous guest of the pod, Michael Jocchio, heard that episode and texted both of us to say, Excuse me. <laughs> I don't think so. I take issue with this. So <laughs> throw down another glove in the ring. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Heavy competition. But yes, Grace Experience has been a loyal listener and also uh, one of our best friends for the past 11 years. Yes. Uh, I'm going to make the same joke where I say a fellow survivor of NYU Dish because really it's... It can't be said enough. It can't be said enough. We all really went through something together. Yeah. (laughs) And it's taken us years, but we finally convinced her to come on the pod mainly... As Helena said before, Mark Ruffalo convinced her to come on the pod. But we like to think that we had something to do with it, too. It was you two and Mark Ruffalo. My three favorite people. (laughs) With our powers combined. (laughs) Wow. Beautiful. Honored. Honored. All right. Let's uh, let's do this. Let's let's summarize this thing because it's getting late. Yeah. (laughs) Mama's getting hungry already. Yes, yes, me too. (laughs) We will, we will skip our, the whole needle in a time stack riff that we did earlier and we will move right to our summary. (laughs) You're just going to have to imagine what that would be. Sorry, time sluts. I will once again apologize for how long the summary is. It's going to feel even longer the second time around. One thing I really like about this is that you're saying once again, as if people like (laughs) will have known 
what we said before, but they never will. It's very, it's very like time travel y. Mm-hmm. I like this. Sure. Yeah, it is very time. This is sort of a time loop that we're doing, which is it's beautiful. kind of a time loop. It's kind of a, like a lost timeline that we mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, the once again is mainly for you guys because you are the only audience I care about. So, cool. oh, and Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> and Mark Ruffalo, yeah, who definitely we care listens. about him. <laughs> okay. Shout out Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Summary beginning now. The movie opens in space in 2050 with text on our screen telling us time travel is real. We then meet Adam Reed, played by Ryan Reynolds. He is operating some sort of space jet in a frantic way that tells us both that he knows how to operate this jet, but also that something is wrong. And also the way he's talking tells us that he is Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) We then realize that he is being pursued by another fighter jet thing. Uh, He's quipping with a disembodied voice coming from the radio in his jet that is threatening to shoot him out of the sky if he tries to, quote unquote, make the jump that he's clearly trying to make he somehow jams the tracking signal on the jet and makes the jump into what looks like a wormhole eluding the space jet pursuing him we then move to 2022 and meet adam reed again this time as a 12 year old played by walker scobell who is also being pursued but this time by middle school bullies who want to punch him for being a big mouth they scuffle and all get suspended he gets picked up from school by his mother ellie played by jennifer garner who also gives us the exposition that this is Adam's third suspension since his father died about a year and a half ago. That night, Ellie heads out on a date and leaves young Adam home alone. There's wrestling outside, and young Adam and his dog, Hawking, stupidly go investigate. They find older Adam, who, from now on, I'm just going to refer to as Adam. So, when I say Adam, it's Ryan Reynolds. When I say young Adam, it is this 12-year-old. So, young Adam finds Adam in their father's old shed and is obviously freaked out. Adam is recovering from a bullet wound and being kind of a jerk about it, but ends up inadvertently revealing to young Adam that he is Adam from the future. And young Adam takes this very well. Also, Remarkably well. (laughs) Prodigy in accepting that time travel is real. Love it. Love it. Also, Adam reveals that he was trying to jump to 2018, but he was being pursued and was stealing a space jet, so he put the coordinates in wrong and ended up in 2022. The next day, after Ellie leaves for work, young Adam goes back to the shed to hang out with his older self again. They go to the pharmacy and get supplies to help heal Adam's bullet wound and end up fighting the middle school bullies again. When they get back, Adam reveals that he will need young Adam's DNA to get inside his jet and repair it because all future tech is coded to the user's DNA and the jet won't let Adam inside with his current DNA because it can tell he's injured or something. Anyway, they fix the jet, and then they have a nice lunch break where they chat about everything we as the audience need to know. Yeah, so in the chat, this is all, this next paragraph, all revealed. It turns out that before his death by car accident, Adam's father, Louis Reed, played by Mark Ruffalo. Stunning Mark Ruffalo. Charming Mark Ruffalo. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so he invented the technology that would eventually be used in time travel. His funder slash business partner was Maya Sorian. After Lewis's death, Maya bought the technology, pulled some government strings, and ended up with all the power over time travel. She used this power to make herself the sort of leader of the dystopian future that is 2050. Also, Adam's wife, Laura, was also a fighter pilot and mysteriously died on a recent trip to 2018. Adam suspects Maya had Laura killed over something that happened in 2018, which is why he was heading to 2018 originally. 
This bonding lunch is interrupted by Maya and all her henchmen showing up at the house to bring Adam back to 2050. Adam is trying to fight off all the henchmen and getting his butt kicked when a badass lady runs out of the woods to help him fight the bad guys. It's Laura! She's alive and played by Zoe Saldana! They fight off all the henchmen together and drive in Laura's truck with young Adam in tow. They are able to eventually evade the henchmen and Maya and head to Laura's secluded house. Once there, young Adam takes a walk around the block so Adam and Laura can have a proper union where they bang. Afterwards, Laura explains that she discovered a weird thing in the flight logs where a jet returned from 2018, but none was ever sent out there. She figured out Maya was messing with the timeline to make sure that she'd gain control over the time travel technology. Because of this, Maya tried to blow up Laura's jet while she was on a mission. Laura escaped, but her jet was gone, making her a quote-unquote permanent castaway meaning she had to live out her life in the time that she was stuck in. Laura also tells Adam that he has to go back to 2018 and stop time travel from ever being invented in order to prevent the dystopian future. Adam resists because without the invention of time travel, he and Laura would never have met. This conversation is interrupted when Laura's security cameras let her know that Maya and the henchmen have found them and are about to arrive. She forces Adam and young Adam into a truck and tells them to go stop time travel from ever being invented, and then faces down Maya and the henchmen, ultimately getting killed, but giving Adam and young Adam enough time to get to his fighter jet and escape to 2018. This is a beautifully acted scene. Yeah, actually, it's really good. It's so good. (laughs) Zoe Saldana is a badass, but we'll get there. Honestly, she's she's so good. There's so much there. Yeah. Adam and young Adam go find their dad in 2018. Adam's dad, Lewis, Mark Ruffalo, is super worried about how all of this contact is messing with the space-time continuum. And understandably. Does not want- <laughs> understandably. Um, wait, I interrupted this program to let you know that a few days ago, the pangram word of the New York Times spelling bee was continuum. And <gasps> no I didn't, way! I didn't get it. I it's found out the next the two day. U's. It's because of the two U's. Yeah. Mm. You would never so think mad. to use both in a row. <laughs> But I love the word. I was furious. Anyway. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) So anyway, so Lewis is worried about how all this contact is messing with the space-time continuum and does not want any part of it. The next morning, Adam and young Adam decide to go blow up Saurian Technologies themselves. Like, the whole place. The whole factory or whatever. Corporate. Factory? We don't know what it is. It's it's like, it's like, you know, it's like a... It's It's like a a corporate... Yeah, well, it's like it's like some office buildings with a lab attached, you know. Yeah, and a big magnet. Yes, and in the in the lab is a big electromagnetic thingy that we'll get to. <laughs> anyway, so they're gonna go try to blow up that whole place because that's where the technology currently lives that will invent time travel. Meanwhile, uh, their dad, Lewis Mark Ruffalo, is having a moment ho- at home with Ellie Jennifer Garner and uh, eight year old Adam, some other kid. Uh, where he realizes that he needs to be more there for Adam than he is for science. He ends up going to Saurian technology to aid the older versions of his son. Adam, young Adam, and Lewis, again, their dad. <laughs> Fight off that. <laughs> who, again, is Mark Ruffalo, who we love. <laughs> They fight off the henchmen to make it into Soria Technologies. Lewis reveals that if they... Lewis, by the way, is their dad. Um, Who's played by Mark Ruffalo. (laughs) Well, um, it's getting late. I've had two glasses of wine and things are getting really wide. Okay, here we go. (laughs) 
Lewis reveals that if they destroy the hard drive with this algorithm on it, they should stop time travel from happening. So Adam and Lewis head in to do that. Unbeknownst to them, young Adam gets captured by Maya Sorian, who has shown up to try to stop them with her younger self. Right. So now we have two Adams, two Mayas, and a Lewis. <laughs> who, again, played by Mark Ruffalo, <laughs> is their dad. Yeah. Lewis, Mark Ruffalo, Adam's dad, removes the hard drive. <laughs> Removes the hard drive with the algorithm from the lab, but both 2018 and 2050 Maya Sorians arrive, holding a gun to young Adam's head. Young Adam is able to escape, but an errant bullet from Maya's gun hits the seal containing the electromagnetic field in the lab, causing the electromagnetic part to start escaping the like field container thingy and pulling all of the metal things to it. There is a lot of chaos and fighting, and it ends with older Maya trying to shoot Lewis, Mark Ruffalo, Adam's dad. However, because the bullets have metal in their core, the bullet is pulled away from its path to hit Lewis, Mark Ruffalo, Adam's dad. <laughs> too much? Is it, we're too much now? No, keep going. I okay. love it. I love it. Uh, so anyway, so the bullet is aiming at that guy, but it gets pulled towards the electromagnetic machine thing, which ends up hit. So, so it ends up hitting younger Maya, uh, killing younger Maya uh, along the way. The death of younger Maya causes the death of older Maya. Um, and Lewis, you know, Adam's dad, played by Mark Rathfell. <laughs> and both the, Adams, <laughs> both the Adams are able to escape, destroying the algorithm and stopping time travel from ever being invented. Whew. All right. While 2050 Adam and 2022 Adam wait for the timeline to write itself and send them back to their own time, they try to tell their dad, Louis Mark Ruffalo, <laughs> about his upcoming death, but he does not want to hear it, saying, if this whole thing has proved anything, it's that no one has the right to alter the future. The three of them play one last game of catch together before 2022 Adam and 2050 Adam disappear from the backyard. In 2022, 12-year-old Adam seems to be back to his old life, but somehow he didn't get suspended from school and is nicer to his mom. Sometime in the future beyond that, older Adam still meets Laura in a similar way to how they originally met, and the movie ends on their meet-cute and inevitable romance. So it was really a time travel romance all along. The end. It counts. <laughs> we did it! Wow, wow, wow. I would just like to say that it is 8.29 p.m. and we finished the summary, so you're welcome, time slut. <laughs> yeah, we've been recording since like 7.08, I would say. Yeah, yep. that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. It's okay. been going well. Let's do it. This brings us to Blast, Blast from, from the, the Past. Wow, thanks for joining in, Gracie. That was great. Yeah, I love that you're staying along with us. Honestly, that maybe does make you the number one time slugs. I don't know if our other <gasps> guests did that. They did not. Oh my gosh, wow. They did not. Um, I have a, qu I have a one quick diversion. Yeah. Um, when you were listening to the podcast, do you ever say the the uh, sections out loud with us? 100%. Yes, I do. <laughs> 1950? Yes, every time. Okay, great. Perfect. <laughs> Okay, so this project, uh, based on a spec script written by T.S. Nowlin, was initially announced as Our Name is Adam in October 2012. Oh, which is a bad title. It's terrible it's title. funny because like then you have to imagine that like Ryan Reynolds and 12-year-old Adam are just like, our name is Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Saying it at the same time. Yes. yes. That would be fun. That would be it's fun. It's very funny. Anyway, 
But anyway, so this is back in 2012. Paramount Pictures became interested in acquiring the film, and Tom Cruise was attached to Star. Ooh, Tom Cruise would have been in a would have been a very different movie. It really would have. Mm-hmm. I think they would. I, my, Much less I suspect quippy. they did a lot of rewrites. They did. Slash Ryan Reynolds does a lot of. Uh, does Ryan Reynolds do like a ton of improvs on set all the time? I don't think so. Not at this point. I I guess I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like every movie he sounds like Ryan Reynolds. So. Right. Um. Well, as you'll learn, he does a lot of his movies with the same people. So, so the Fair film enough. then fell into development hell. That's how Wikipedia put it. Until wow. Netflix, until Netflix acquired the distribution rights, uh, the film was revived in July 2020 when it moved to Netflix with Sean Levy as director and Ryan Reynolds set to star. They just they had just collaborated on Free Guy. Oh yeah, that was the one where he was like a video game guy. Yes. Yeah. I don't so know that it's the same it's director. He's, he's already worked with this director. And the latest draft of the script was written by Jonathan Tropper, editing previous drafts by Nolan, Jennifer Flack, and Mark Levin. It's got to give all the wow, writers that's credit. a lot of people. Jesus. Yeah. But, like, it was edited once Ryan Reynolds was attached to Star, so I feel like someone was like, can you Deadpool it up? Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That is 100% the feeling of the film. Yeah. Um, so that was in July, and then in November, Jennifer Garner, Zoe Saldana, Mark Ruffalo, Catherine Keener, and Alex Molari Jr. and Walker Scubel were added to the cast. I, I don't know who some of those people are, but... Yeah. But you know who a lot of those people are. It was a, yeah. a, a fairly star-studded cast. I would say, yeah. yeah. Which is why I'm confused that we didn't know about it. So I don't know in which, if if it was recorded, when you asked me if this movie had a theatrical release or it was just on Netflix... I think that that was from the Lost timeline. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, to answer your question, uh, they had a limited one night only theatrical release on March 9th, 2022, followed by its digital release on Netflix on March 11th. So, so they just were like, we're putting we're putting it in theaters so that Jennifer Garner can walk a red carpet. Was that what happened? I think I don't know. They just wanted to do one night only limited release. Is that how we're doing movies now? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. No, because now it's like a not. We're now going back to like it's a fun novelty when movies only come out in theaters. So they're starting to do that again. Oh, that's true too. Yeah, they're like you can't you can't find this on any streaming service, so you have to go to the theater. Mm-hmm. Except for in a month when it will be on a streaming service, right? On Disney. But if Plus you want to be part of the conversation, Disney Plus Day, a, a day we really understand, <laughs> <laughs> a day we know what it's about and why they did it. <laughs> what the promotional value was <laughs> if anybody knows what the what the deal or like promotion was for disney plus day please write in i don't know what it is yeah it didn't add anything to my life but i mean like prime day i know what it is there were like certain deals that i can get on yeah. prime day i bought some acne patches <laughs> like it was great but disney plus day i don't know what i could get for it or why it was well special. pinocchio came out Okay, but other than that, I think also Thor Love and Thunder came out, which had previously only been in theaters. Yeah, it's not grabbing me. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, on Rotten Tomatoes, it is a 67%. uh, Which is way too low. I saw that. I don't understand. Like, Carry that's on. higher than some other ones that we've really liked, though. That's a fairly really high. That's, for that's Rotten much higher than 13 high. going on 30. Yeah, so it has a terrible Rotten Tomatoes rating. Who did this? Can you believe? Yeah. That's terrible. We're, uh, we're forever going to be angry about that. Misogyny, misogyny did, that. did that. That's right. That's for right. sure. 
So the website's consensus reads, you've seen Ryan Reynolds do this sort of thing before, but the Adam Project offers slickly entertaining and occasionally even moving sci-fi action. Occasionally? (laughs) Occasionally? Okay, I don't know who wrote this. There were some uh, there's some other good reviews here, but I'll let you read them on your own, Grace, because thank you. We're gonna keep it moving. <laughs> um, also, according to Samba TV, three million US households watched the Adam Project in its first weekend on Netflix. Who is Samba TV? I think I don't know. They just told me. Is that me a that, high number? I don't three, know. That's what the did thing. You say? Three million? Three million households. That sounds really low, actually. I mean, that's like I guess so. that's like half of New York City. Yeah, but, like, for TV and, mm-hmm. like, a big theatrical release, it's not that good. Well, so this doesn't have to do with the release. This is just the people who watch it on Netflix. No, no, that's what I mean. When it, yeah. sorry, not a theatrical release, but just, like, a Netflix yeah. release. Like, when, like, Bridgerton, for example. Right. Like, that had way more than three million. I don't know mm-hmm. what number, but, like, way more. A couple things. One, I did not need Samba TV to tell me that no one saw this movie because... No one saw this no one, movie. No one saw this movie. No, not a single person saw this movie. Except yeah. for us. But also, I agree that these numbers don't mean anything to me. They're always telling me these numbers. And I'm like, I, I need context. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need to tell us how many views Bridgerton got. Yeah, yeah. Or like yeah. The Bachelorette. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here's some fun facts specifically related to the cast and crew. Okay? Give it to us. This is what we're here for. <laughs> Jennifer Garner's Golden Retriever Birdie makes a cameo appearance. <gasps> really? Yeah, I don't really know. Maybe she's the puppy at the end because the dog is played by a a six-year-old female Golden Retriever named Marilyn. But maybe so- they like swapped out the dog for like one one of the uh, maybe it was just like scenes. when she comes home from her date and is like, "Hi, puppy." Also, the dog was named Hawking. In honor of the late physicist Stephen Hawking. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think I caught that one. I didn't catch that. I thought it was because of Stranger Things. Isn't that where they live? They live in Hawkins. Okay. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> um, by the way, I didn't like put this in the fun facts, but um, if you couldn't tell, this movie takes place is supposed to take place in Washington State. At one yeah, point I figured you can, it was like Pacific Northwest yeah. At one point you can see the Seattle needle in um the window of young Mayasaurian's office. Oh. Cool. Okay. Yeah. They had some nice vistas of, of uh, tree-lined coasts. Mm-hmm. The house yeah. was beautiful. The woods were beautiful. Yeah. I really, yeah. I got to go to Washington State. You really do. Um, it remind the house that um, young Adam lived in really reminded me of that movie uh, where the girl dies. And that's- mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought of that too. Before, before I, fall. I die. Before, before I, I fall. Before I fall. Yeah. That one. <laughs> We've watched more than one movie where the girl dies over and over, so. <laughs> yeah, but she dies permanently, which yeah, is what distinguishes it mm. um, at the end. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think uh, just similar houses, very, very beautiful. I guess that that's how everyone lives in Washington State. Mm-hmm. I've been led to believe. Yeah. That's, so, like, if I moved there, immediately that's how I would live, right? Yeah, you would live yes. in, like, a beautiful multi-million dollar home with, mm-hmm, like, vistas yeah. of gorgeous coastline. All windows. hmm mm-hmm. Great. Okay. So, remember how I said Sean Levy directed this movie? He had also directed Ryan Reynolds in Free Guy? hmm On the day that this movie came out, it was also announced that he was going to be directing uh, Deadpool 3. Oh, my so God. Just, so, they're like, a, they're, like, a team. I love yeah. that. They're buddies. That's nice. 
collaborators, <laughs> not partners. They're thought. <laughs> but okay. Also, this is apparently the second movie directed by Sean Levy and starring Ryan Reynolds. So I assume the other movie that this happened in was Free Guy, um, mm-hmm. where someone says, "That's a lightsaber, dude." So they're just oh. Like that's the tone, you know. They have, yeah. It's really they have one type of joke, and it's a very like, it's like a Marvel cadence, yeah. But like with a little more like acidity, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's like, but that's the most you're getting. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a Ryan Reynolds joke. Do you think Ryan Reynolds is like exhausting in real life? No, I think he's probably a delight. <laughs> People like him. I think he's probably a delay. I okay. could be wrong. I mean, no, I, I believe that. But do you think he's like, he ha- like talks that way in real yeah. life? Like, I think I would find like... that exhausting. I would feel, find it charming at first. Sure, sure. And I'd be like, wow, so fun. And then I would be like, I'm tired. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I, I think he does a lot of bits. Yes. Grace, do you think you would enjoy Ryan Reynolds or be exhausted by him? I think I'd like the bits. Wow. I think I'd go for the bits. I was so surprised because, like, you are such an introvert. And I sometimes am, you I don't am. like the guy with the bits. Sure, sure. I feel like he'd just go and I'd be like, yeah, I'm here for it. You go. Oh, okay, I could see you that. You go, baby. I can see that. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I'll let you know if I meet him, okay? Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, I have, okay, so then I have, like, a, a link to a video that I'm not going to send you right now. I'll send you after. It's delightful. I'll put it in the show notes. It's just a video of Mark. It's a video of the whole cast getting interviewed and Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Garner are like sitting next to each other talking about how like beautiful it was to work together again and how it felt like coming uh, home. We love. Oh my gosh. Coming home. Are you kidding me? Are you beautiful? Kidding me? So beautiful. They kissed and it was, I was like, those two people really love each they other. They love each other. They love each other. <laughs> so beautiful. Sorry. If you are, um, if you are a new time slut who has somehow never seen 13 going on 30, uh, I will let you know that. The reason that their reunion is so beautiful um, is because they were in 13 Going on 30 together mm-hmm. playing love interest. They did a very beautiful job. You should go watch 13 Going on 30. And um, and now it's been so many years. I can't. Do you want me to tell you how many years it's been? It's it's a little unnerving. I want to know. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. It, it has been. 20 years? 19 years since 13 Going on 30. 19 years. Came out in 2003. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Here's some other non-cast specific related fun facts. I don't know if any of them are going to be interesting. We're going to speed through them. Okay. Okay. When sitting outside the hotel, uh, they're talking and um, young Adam refers to seeing the backstop baseball thing he plays with um, in the window at Altman's. This is a reference to another film by Sean Levy and written by Jonathan Tropper, who wrote this called This Is Where I Leave You. And the principal character owns a sporting goods store named Altman's. Okay. Wow, that's a, an extremely deep cut. <laughs> also, someone who I guess is a doctor pointed out that a bullet wound through the abdomen making quote-unquote fart noises when coughing reveals an obvious digestive tract perforation, which would lead to infection if not and sepsis and death if not tended to by a qualified surgeon. Wow, okay. yeah, that is that makes sense. Now that you say it out loud, that one I like. That that's a fact that I think we. That's a good fact. That's news you um, can use. <laughs> if you didn't want, if you didn't actually watch this movie, the bullet hole that he's healing from is in his abdomen. He keeps talking about how it's making fart noises. Which I didn't great, like it. I thought it was a great bit. I can understand why you, Grace, would not like that bit. Uh, but I'm glad you liked it and thought it worked for you. It worked for Stephen as well. Um, okay, so this is one that I think we were we're all gonna like, and I didn't notice. In the pharmacy, when when Ryan Reynolds goes to the pharmacy to get things to dress his wounds, um, Cindy Lauper's time after time is playing. 
Oh, what I did not that? notice that. I missed it. Love it. Did you notice that page? No. Okay. Someone else on the <laughs> internet did because they were like, oh, okay. it's a time travel movie. That's fun. That is fun. Mm-hmm. Did they? Do you think they did it because of our podcast? I mean, like mm-hmm. yes. our podcast would have already been started. Yeah. By the time this premiered. So that's true. Yes. Wow. What a what a crazy world that our, our podcast premiered before some of these movies were made. Yeah, so amazing. Just keeps going. Time just keeps keeps on trucking. Ah, keeps on flipping. Okay, into the future. Into the future. Um, at the end, and I did go back and verify this, but it happens so quickly. It took me like fourteen times to pause at just the right second. At the end, where um, when Mark Ruffalo, Ryan Reynolds, and young Adam are playing um, ball, they pull up the ball out of a green bin, which has a bunch of stickers on top. On it, two of the stickers are a Hulk sticker and a Deadpool sticker, which are Easter eggs that represent Mark Ruffalo, who plays the Hulk, wow. and Ryan Reynolds, who plays Deadpool. People have, like, way too much time on their hands <laughs> to find these Easter eggs. I'm just saying. Okay, and the motel that they stay at is the Pine Ridge Motel and has a logo of three pine trees, which is apparently a reference to Back to the Future, because in the Back to the Future, there's the Twin Pines Mall and the Lone Pine Mall scenes. So. Okay. Okay. Well, not in the Back to the Future we watched recently, so I don't remember that. <laughs> and then apparently the hoverboard pursuit was another reference to Back to the Future. So. Sure. You know, time travel. Okay, that's it. We did it. Moving on to. Moving on to. Magic Science. Just a dream. Wow, I'm loving I'm loving the grace energy. <laughs> yes and. Yes and all the way. So this is science. It is wormholes. It is physics. It is Mark Ruffalo is a hot college professor. Good lord. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We don't really know that much about it. It's electromagnets. It's not the multiverse. It's not the multiverse, no. which I appreciated them saying because then yeah. we got to be like, yes, clarified. Mm-hmm. This definitely falls under our purview. Right. This movie did a great job. Which, oh, first of all, by the way, I didn't say this fun fact, but everyone knows that this is the second time that Mark Ruffalo has played a hot scientist dealing with time travel. So It's a great look for him, honestly. Good Lord. He yeah, is, wow. Mwah. Doing the great. curls, oh my gosh, it's he's all working. Just, he's aging like a fine wine, let me tell you. He really is. <laughs> he really is. Are you ladies done? <laughs> Sorry, tell us about the science. No, I was just going to say, this movie did a great job. of. I kept like writing down questions I had, and then it would answer them. Mm-hmm. Yes, me too. I have, I have three examples right here. The first one is, uh, I, I wrote down, I can already tell I'm going to have difficulty squaring the circle of him changing his own childhood life. And then they addressed it. So um, young Adam at some point is like, if this is happening to me, that means it happened to you, right? Unless this works more like a multiverse where each ripple creates an alternate timeline. And then Ryan Reynolds, after giving him shit for like asking this very astute, smart question, finally answers him and is like, the prevailing wisdom is that when I go back to my fixed time, my memory, our memories, they reform, they reconcile, but not while I'm here. So... It's enough of an answer, honestly. I'm like, okay, so everyone's memories sort of, like, reform? Great. Love yeah, it. they just sort of, like, re... 
knit together after you go back to your fixed time, which I like that we had a term for that. I liked that they were like, this is a thing that we've established. We thought about it. Helena, tell the audience what fixed time is. Fixed time is the time you're supposed to be in. So like somehow time knows where you're supposed to be. And they're like, if you're over here, we have to change stuff because that's not right. Right. Ryan Reynolds says, there's only one place in time where you belong on a quantum level when you're not screwing around with the cosmos like I am. That is your fixed time where you actually belong. Right. My question, though, about this is, like, when Zoe Saldana ends up not in her fixed time, like, as a permanent outcast, like, what happens there? Like, if you die in the wrong time, they say, like, dying in, dying out of your fixed time is messy. That's, like, a, a phrase that they use at some point. Mm-hmm. But they don't really say, like, what happens or what happens if you're in, if you're out of your fixed time for an extended period of time and, like, how that affects time if you never go back. Because supposedly fixed time, or not fixed time, but, like, memory reforms itself in presumably the universe when you return to your fixed time. But if you never return, what happens? Maybe when you die, things sort of, it's, like, as if you returned. Oh, maybe. Mm. I, I buy that. I buy that explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, th- so yeah, there's not, there's not, there's not an explanation for everything, but I did think that they had a theory and I appreciated like, or, or like a thesis statement. And I appreciated that. Yes. And I also really liked that uh, one thing that we always enjoy is when it's like the consequences of the thing that you did when it was like a different timeline or whatever affects you later it has echoes um and that's something that they had here because obviously like ryan reynolds and zoe saldana they were like oh our tragic love story we'll never find each other if time travel never exists blah 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 um but then is it zoe saldana who says like there will be like an echo of mm-hmm. our love story somewhere and we'll like figure it out i really like yeah, that so beautiful I think I have the quote in the romance section um Every moment we ever had will always have happened. Even if we correct the timeline, somewhere in us will be, or even if we correct the time stream, stream, somewhere in us will be the echo of this one. We will find each other. I really believe that. So beautiful. Chills. (laughs) There seems to be also an echo because like, there's no reason otherwise why young Adam would all of a sudden be nicer to his mom and not have gotten suspended unless that's some sort of way of the time travel timeline sort of fixing itself mm-hmm, although i still don't really understand why he wouldn't have gotten suspended because that would have all happened before he met older adam yeah and also like the, the reason that he was being like mean to his mom was because well number one he was a teenager or about to be a teenager and then like number two he was being bullied well, and and his and his dad had died so like all those yeah. things were still true sure but i think the what the movie was basically saying was like because my theory of it whatever is like because he met you know because he went through this whole thing and ryan reynolds gave him like a stern talking to about being nice to his mom um there's like all the echoes of that are in him like somewhere deep in him he's like oh maybe i should be like less of a dick to my mom so that i understood i didn't understand why he might not have gotten suspended from school but whatever that's fair like every time I asked a question, this movie answered it. So I have two other times where I like wrote down a question and then like later the movie answered it. At one point I was like, what happens to old Adam if young Adam dies? And then later 
Maya is like, if I shoot him, you die too. So if young Adam dies, old Adam dies. We also see that happen when young Maya dies, old Maya dies, which makes sense. And then later I was like, wait, so how does 12 year old Adam get back at, at the very end? And then the next line was like, we're going to disappear once the timeline writes itself, but it probably takes a while for 30 years of time travel to sort itself out. So I just thought they did a good job keeping me in the loop. I, I, I liked that they kept us in the loop. They, they knew what kind of movie they were and they were like, the people have seen a time travel movie. They're going to have these questions. Yeah. And they also reference a lot of time travel movies, which is always fun. They talk about the Terminator a lot, um, which is fun. Yeah, particularly with the, like, dystopia and, like, you can change the dystopian future aspect of it. That was pretty much, like, textbook Terminator. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. I also appreciated that they had their time travel philosophy. I mean, it's a pretty basic one, but, like, that nobody has the right to change the future. So that's nice. Except that they broke that. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, because they, but it was sort of in, I don't know, like a double negative way, right? Like they do it to stop the invention of time travel so that nobody can change the future, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of yeah, that. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll buy it. <laughs> and I think we're all, it's also supposed to be implied that like most of the reason the future is the way it is is not because of the invention of time travel. I mean, it is. Never mind. I take this all back. I, I think it, I think they were implying that it is the future is the way it is because of time travel. Right. And but less also so because of more because of I mean, we can talk about this in the feminism section, I guess. Less so because of the invention of time travel and more because of the corporate greed that inevitably came from the invention of time travel. <laughs> right. I feel like we're already there, but should we move on to mm-hmm. What, what have, have you done? done? <laughs> so here's where we talk about all of our consistency and plot hole issues, as well as any other lingering time travel potpourri. Um, the first, the first thing I noticed, I will say, um, I did not necessarily notice. Um, this was under one of the trivia's on IMDb, and I was like, well, this is. not a trivia thing. This is just someone uh, noticing a what have you done, you know? Um, Okay, give it to us. Please tell. Someone pointed out that when the older Maya Soring accidentally kills her younger self, the older version would never come to exist. So this creates a paradox because if she's dead, there's no older version to come back through time to kill herself. Right. Killing, you, you can't kill yourself the way that you can't be your own mom or your own dad. Right. Okay. Wow, we should add that to our rules, Helena. Yeah, we should. I think that's a new rule. You can't kill yourself. Great. Adding. Yep. Rule 15. Get ready for the 100th episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My other issue with that scene was uh, the electromagnet would definitely have already pulled that bullet out of the gun. Mm -hmm. And the gun itself would have been also pulled into the electromagnet. Like, was the gun made of plastic? I think not. (laughs) When when the electromagnet was, like, pulling bolts out of doors. Out of, like, safe doors. Sure. Why would the electromagnet, like, allow Myosaurian to hold a gun? It's a great question. Does she have super strength? I don't know. Great question. Yeah, the whole electromagneticness of it all, like, that science seemed way more uh, untenable than the time travel science. <laughs> <laughs> then I just, I don't think this is the right category for this. I just started writing down all the weird, like, Ryan Reynolds quips just to be like, guys... Just, That's a, what just, have you done in the term in terms of just like what are you doing to us as a society? Right. What have you done to us as <gasps> a culture? Yeah, but also I liked it. 
It was witty. I don't know. I just, it's from the very beginning, I was just like, oh, this whole movie is going to be this. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about him. I had fun. I mean, I had fun though the same way, like, I, I think, okay, here's the thing. I I had fun the same way, like, I would have fun watching a Marvel movie, which is, like, it's fine. In a Marvel movie, I'd say I get a lot more tired of it because it's every character and, like, right. it's long. <laughs> this movie was not that long. It was under two hours. And it was not every character. And it was, like, not as fast. So I didn't, mi- I didn't mind it. It was fine. I was sort of just like, why is Ryan Reynolds calling a 12-year-old version of himself a moron? I don't know. Like, that was, like, the attitude he had was weirder to me than, like, the quips. Yeah, yeah. He needed to do some inner child work, honestly. <laughs> yeah, was this the a movie, movie about was inner child work? Yeah, yeah. it was. It was. That's, that's what I got from it. And I yeah. think maybe this belongs in, like, the feminism section, yeah. but, like, the, like, bald-faced, like, therapy metaphor for me. Yes. It was, like, really out there. I was like, okay, I see what we're doing. We we went to therapy one time. (laughs) I mean, Ryan Reynolds didn't, but maybe the writer did. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Reynolds' character didn't. I should say, I don't know if Ryan Reynolds goes to therapy. Adam. I feel like, do you think Ryan Reynolds goes to therapy? Definitely. Yeah? Yeah. Do you think he and Blake Lively are in couples therapy? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they do. I don't know how you'd survive a a Hollywood marriage without extensive couples. Yeah. You'd want to go to therapy. Yeah. They're so famous. The best couples counselor there is. Yeah. 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 And they're thriving. (laughs) Why are future pictures just a picture with a weird 3D black light in it? (laughs) That's a great question. I have no answers. Uh, It's like a, it's like the size of an iPhone, but like just one picture you can't scroll through right like that's what i was like oh maybe this is like a hologram thing where you can like pull up other pictures but no it just like looks like a normal why isn't it just a normal picture then it's like a normal picture it looks like if you went to a mall and you were like i want a picture (laughs) of my wife on like a piece of plastic with a black light with a with a backlight around it like actually my parents that actually like for um for christmas i think um (laughs) someone gifted my parents like a cube that had like a picture of them yes. like, those three deified inside it's very unsettling yeah like it's it. like it's a mall kiosk thing it's a bat mitzvah photo booth thing it's not a yep. future thing <laughs> i thought it was just an iphone i totally didn't clock that at all that that was a picture no it, picture. every time we saw it it was just a picture of zoe saldana yeah okay yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no but i can see why you would think that i was like oh it's that would, phone background yeah. that would be much more logical <laughs> sure sure i have another question for you doctors should you drink when you're trying to quickly heal from a gunshot wound? I'm going to say no, unless you're, I mean, you could do it for pain relief, perhaps. But isn't alcohol yeah. a blood thinner? Is it? I don't have the answer for I you. I don't know about that. But I do, okay. I would say that, like, maybe he was doing it, like, Battlefield style, where it's like, this is my only painkiller, even though he could have gone in the house and, like, taken four ibuprofen. Well, he goes mm-hmm. to a bar. Yeah, well... Also, he's he making asked, a lot of choices. Wait, he also he asks young him for money to go to the pharmacy to buy supplies. How did he pay for his drinks at the bar? 
I don't think he does. He leaves without paying, it seems His to mom me. pays the bill. <laughs> he gives her advice, and she pays the bill. That interaction, I don't know where that falls, but I'm going to talk about it right now, because that was <laughs> yeah. the weirdest fucking interaction of any interaction on Wait, film. I just want to preface, because I didn't put this in the summary. No, you didn't. Um, but there is a scene, sort of, I don't know. I don't even, just like, while Ryan Reynolds is still sort of hanging out with young Adam, and like sleeping in the dad's shed he like goes to a bar and uh jennifer garner is also drinking at that bar and they have a discussion they have a really weird interaction yeah where you're you're almost like are they about to do a back to the future thing this is mom about to fall in love with him that's what i thought maybe it was like i don't know he seemed like he was hitting on her that's what yeah she probably would have left i mean (laughs) She would have been like, this is not why I came to the bar. I just wanted to talk to my friend, my bartender friend, Tony, and like drink this Pinot Grigio. Yeah, yeah. That was her vibe. The guy who looks like Ryan Reynolds is hitting on you and you leave. Well, okay, I wouldn't leave. Jennifer Garner as his mom would leave. I would stay. Okay. I don't know. She was like, she was like open to dating at that point. You're right, you're right. Maybe she she would stay. Weird. But he was being so weird because all he would, she was... She was like, oh, my son is like, he's 12 and he's like a huge pain in the ass. And and he was like staring deeply into her, her eyes being like, your son loves you yeah. in the weirdest way possible. Like try to be normal. <laughs> Although I do, Seriously. I want to put a, a pin because I do want to talk about this in the feminism section. And like as a member of, of the Dead Dad Club, I do want to talk about the parent stiff upper lip thing. I think it's interesting. Great, great, great. Well, we will we will put a pin in that for later. But consistency wise, yeah, weird interaction. I don't know why she would have kept engaging with him. Yeah, I, I just feel like she would have been like, "This energy is so strange. I I must leave." Or like she would, she clearly knew the bartender. It was mm-hmm. like her regular bar. Mm-hmm. She would have flagged that guy down with her eyes and been like, "Please help me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how Maya Sorian didn't immediately find them in 2018. Like, there's no way she watches them do that jump and isn't like, oh, they're going back to 2018 to try to stop time travel from existing. And they're probably going to go try to find his dad. Like, that was the first place I would look. I mean, I could see other scenarios, like, where you could go to stop time travel. Like, you could go kill Maya Sorian as a baby. If you wanted to do like a do like Hitler style, you know, a Shrek Forever After style. Yeah, yeah, that's what he does or in Shrek like, Forever After. He could go kill his dad if he was like very dark, like the dark version of this movie. He'd be like, "I have to kill my dad." Ooh. That's hot. Just saying. I want to see Ryan Reynolds try to kill Mark Ruffalo. You guys think he was? Do you guys? Do but you in guys like think- a sex way, it sounds like you wanted in like a sex way. I don't yeah, understand. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys think that Mark Ruffalo felt weird that he was playing Ryan Reynolds' father? He's like, we are like eight years apart. I did wonder about that. I kind of loved it. I thought it was I thought it was so fun that they were the same age, but like being father and son. Yeah. Oh, when they get to the place where they're like removing the hard drive from the electromagnet, it just seems really easy to remove the hard drive. I feel like they should have put more safeguards around that. Mm-hmm. And also when they like destroy the electromagnet, that glass was like destroyed by a regular bullet. Would they not have bulletproof glass around the electromagnet? Mm-hmm. Just seems like a good yeah. idea. I don't know. Just seems like they, they did a lot of, they were just fucking around with that big electromagnet and they should have been a little more careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. As I said before, the electromagnetic 
science and security and everything surrounding it. Again, they did. They spent so long, like really tightening up the science and their philosophies around time travel. And then they were like, electromagnetic field, a thing that actually exists, we're going to do a zero research on. We're just going to like throw it up there. Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> research. No research done. <laughs> I mean, I think like they just, they wanted the bullet moment. Like, I think that's where they started. They were like, ooh, what if someone tries to kill someone, but the bullet is actually pulled in it? Like, I think they wanted that bullet moment and they were like, let's, however we get there. Yeah, I think you're right. That makes sense. But it did not make sense in the context of the movie. Thank you. No. <laughs> All right, moving on. Does, Does their love stand, stand a test, test of, of time? time? <laughs> yes and yes. <laughs> we talk about the romance. Yeah, Gracie, since you're the guest, which couple would you like to talk about first? Okay, both couples had incredible chemistry. Um, I don't know. Where do we want to begin? <laughs> let's start Let's start with the central couple, yeah? Okay. Yeah. Um, Zoe Saldana and Ryan Reynolds, amazing on screen together. Incredible yeah. chemistry and also just, like, very good acting happening. Like, I really enjoyed it. I kind of felt like I was in, like, a different film at moments, but I really liked it. Yeah. Very moving. <laughs> Yeah, I really believed that they were like star-crossed lovers and he like went back for her and they had this relationship, even though they had like literally like two scenes together. I was like, oh, I get everything about this relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like no, truly 100%. married. Yes. I was really, really rooting for them and like really loved them as a couple, even though they weren't on screen together for very long. And I think like they did a really great job. Um, there was a lot of really moving moments, but I think my favorite moment between the two of them is... Uh, they get back to the house, young Adam leaves, and they start, like, making out, and it's clear that, like, they want to bang, and but then he's, like, like, winces or, like, pulls away, because he's like, oh, yeah, I got shot. Like, I'm in a lot of pain. And she says, Reed, suck it up. <laughs> and he says, yes, ma'am. And then they have sex, and it's amazing. So good. So good. <laughs> yeah, incredible. So good. And, like, her whole scene where she like sacrifices herself was awesome. So good. Yeah. Also, her entrance. Can we talk about her yes, entrance? Incredible. Because every like, moment she's on screen. One thing I loved about it was that like so Adam and Young Adam had had this talk about like you know he's like excited because he's like oh my god I grew up to be Ryan Reynolds I grew up to be like super hot and ripped and like this is so cool and I'm like a fighter pilot I'm like a future fighter pilot this is amazing. Like, that's awesome. And then he gets to discover, as they're in the middle of an awesome battle scene where he he's not doing great, but he's still, like, clearly a very good fighter. Mm -hmm. um, he discovers that his wife is, like, this kick-ass fighter warrior woman who, like, comes running out of the woods. Yes, yes. Are you yes. fucking kidding me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that is the ideal, like, okay, I went to meet myself in the future and this is how my life turned out I know that like there are elements of Ryan Reynolds's life that are not good and like obviously like it's a dystopia or whatever but those two data points I'm like I'm sad like I'm happy let's go yes 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. I'm hot my wife is always held on up I'm, I'm in I'm in I'm in and she loves me enough to like run out of the woods and save me from all these like future soldiers like yeah. fuck yeah yeah yeah, they have a beautiful fight scene, and then, yeah, and then they're seen, again, post-coital, post when they're, like, talking on the bench about how they need to, like, sacrifice their love for, 
you know the future it's all it's all so beautiful yeah it is he's like i can't lose you again and she says the thing about how every moment they've ever had will have always happened they'll find each other again there'll be echoes whatever and he says i can't do this again please i can't afford to lose you please don't do this and she says i know you came for me now you have to leave from me yeah and then right before she sacrifices herself he's like i love you and she said that's why i know you're gonna find me again so good in the house even before that when she's like telling him what happened to her his immediate reaction like is is yes like he's like oh my god my historian is the evil person i knew she was but then he's also like immediately very concerned about her he's like you were all alone for four years yeah Um, and she says i got used to being alone and he says not anymore i found you And then immediately he has to, he's forced to leave. Oh, it's tragic. I love it. Yeah, yeah. If anything, wanted more of them. The, they have the same moment later when they, at the very end of the movie, when they meet, because she's like in the wrong classroom and she says, oh, I'm lost. And he says, not anymore. I found you. So good. So good. <laughs> yes. Gracie, yeah. what did you want to say about their last scene together? Or is it just that? Oh, I just wanted more of them. Uh, no, yeah. no. It was just, you know, they're the best. <laughs> Yeah. And I really liked that their movie, the movie, you know, the movie's just like sci-fi action movie or whatever, but it ends with their love story. Like the last scene is yes. about them. Yes. They're the heart. Well, and he never would have bothered to start the action of this movie if not for her. So like ultimately, even though much of it is an action movie, it is about love and for love. So it counts, yeah. people. It counts. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of about love, for love. Ryan and Zoe, great. We love Mark and Laura. Not Mark. We love Adam and Laura together. Their love will stand the test of time. It already has. Very hot. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) That's all anyone wants. (laughs) For their, like, when someone's talking about, like, hey, what are you guys like as a couple? Very hot. Very good. (laughs) Very hot. Very good. (laughs) Yeah. But as great as they are, I'm sorry, they are upstaged. Upstaged. What are you going to (laughs) do? By the revelation of the reunion between Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo, especially because I didn't know if we get a scene of the two of them together. Because, I know. okay, first of all, when Adam is is hiding out in their dad's old shed, and in their dad's old shed, there's some pictures of like uh, young Adam and their dad together, and like the camera just sort of like pans over them, and I'm like, is that Mark Ruffalo in those pictures? Because <laughs> I didn't know he was in it. And I was like, oh, that's fun. And uh, and part of me was honestly like, oh, maybe they just like use pictures of Mark Ruffalo as like a Mm -hmm. funny Easter egg. That would be so weird. (laughs) How weird would that be? (laughs) If they were like, Mark Ruffalo, can we use you as a photo double in this movie, but as nothing else? (laughs) He would be like, sure, one million (laughs) dollars. Like, okay. And then he shows up and I'm like, oh, that's so cute. Because it's like they were a couple and 13 going on 30. But I didn't know. I really genuinely did not think that they would necessarily be in a scene together because it seems like Mark Ruffalo is being used in 2018 for this very specific, like his character's being used for this very specific purpose that doesn't really involve Jennifer Garner's character. Yeah. I mean, if anything, I wish that Jennifer Garner's character had like more of an arc that was more related to the like center of the movie. Like Mm -hmm. she was very much just a mom, which again, we can talk about in the feminism section, but like, yeah, I was, I was very glad that they got to have a nice scene together and they were just like very in love. And it's like, it's nice to see a movie where like two married couples are very in love. Like how often do you see that? Yeah, it's true. So lovely. Yeah. How often do you see that in real life? How often do you ask a married couple how they're doing? And they're like, very hot, very good. (laughs) Very, very (laughs) hot. (laughs) 
<laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> yes, it was a very beautiful scene, and also just like made me even sadder for her that her husband had died. Um. Also, I don't. Okay, maybe this was supposed to go in the consistency section, but like I was convinced through most of the movie that Maya Sorian had had Mark Ruffalo killed. Me too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That felt like a Chekhov's gun that never went off. Definitely agree. It it didn't make sense that she didn't. Also, I just didn't understand why, like, they changed literally everything about the future by preventing time travel. But then Mark Ruffalo was still like, I have to die in this car accident. Yeah, he gave a big sad speech about it. It was really sad. Why did he have to die in the car accident? And be sad. Because no one has the right to change the future. Also, if the whole future was changed, I do feel like if he did not go on to, like, invent time travel in the year 2018, I feel like his whole life would be very different. Why would he die in a car accident? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Maybe he wouldn't have gone to the store that day or whatever. Maybe he would have been doing something different. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't make sense to me that he still had to die. I thought we could have continued to have Mark Ruffalo and... Our little yeah. baby Adam could have, like, had less tra- childhood trauma, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't seem like this is the kind of movie where, like, everything that has to happen, like, it's... Oh, maybe it is, though. Because, like, even without time travel getting invented, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Zoe Saldana meet in a very similar way. So maybe, like, maybe Mark Ruffalo doesn't necessarily die in the exact same car crash he would have died in, but, like, he still has to die in a car crash. With the Even though the timeline sort of different so do you suspect that even if brian reynolds had told him the exact circumstances of his car crash he still would have died in a different car crash maybe Mm. could be could be it was a finite love which you love helena oh you know i love it both were both Both were were, like getting ready to be finite loves yeah yeah Zoe Saldana and Ryan Reynolds got to be together, but prepared to be, Mm -hmm. and, like, very much dealing with the the emotional consequences of possibly being. And, yeah, so I loved it. I love both of their loves. (laughs) (laughs) Although part of my finite love thing, I think, is, like, the people involved knowing that the love is finite. Sure, sure. So, like, Mark Ruffalo knew, but Jennifer Garner didn't. That's and I, true. I would right. imagine that he wouldn't tell Jennifer Garner, like, I'm going to die in a few years. Mm-hmm. And that's going to fuck with your marriage. I mean, maybe he's he's probably, like, even nicer to her and more attentive and whatever. But, like... Yeah, because he's Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Angel. <laughs> no, I know. But, like, I'm saying, like, especially if he knows he's going to die, he's probably, like, I'm going to soak up every moment I can with my family or whatever. But yeah, you're still keeping a massive secret from your partner. It's probably going to mess with your marriage. <laughs> that's a fair point. I didn't consider that. That's true. I have one more, I have one more very um, sort of unrelated uh, romance note, if anyone else has anything to say specifically about Mark and Jennifer. Just, I want to see them in every movie together. I want to see them do Broadway plays together. (gasps) Just like more of them, more of them. So great. It's ideal casting. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see like a um, midlife romance, a midlife rom-com with the two of them. Like where is our like, um. The Meryl, when Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin did like that, like oh, Nora Ephron movie. Yeah, yes, I yes. want that. Yes. Can we have that? They should do a Nora Ephron film <laughs> yesterday. Yes. <laughs> There's got to be something that she wrote and was never produced. Yeah, like, yeah. They gotta, they'll find it. Seriously. If you're Mark's agent, please call us. <laughs> I feel like it's likely. I feel like like they seem to have really enjoyed getting to work together again. I think honestly... 
I think didn't he make a joke uh, shortly after Thirteen going on? Th- like when people were like, "Oh, do you still are you still in contact with Jennifer Garner? Like, are you friends with Thirteen going on 30? And he made a joke in quotes about like how Ben Affleck didn't really let her have male friends. Oh yeah. Wow. So now that she's done with that guy and they've like worked and they're like reconnected, I think they will work together again. Wow. We can only hope. Yeah. Yeah. Please. <laughs> as delightful as Ryan Reynolds seems to be to work with, as people say he is, I don't know. He strikes me as a little annoying, but like whatever. Mark Ruffalo <laughs> seems like a prince to work with. He's a yes. prince. Yeah. Just gotta be like and he has the, good the best guy on set. He has yeah. good politics. Um, I was also reading up a couple facts. Oh, tell us. You can cut these. (laughs) No, I won't. Okay. So he's a Scorpio, number Uh, one. No wonder. Uh, Number two. Of course he is. Oh, my gosh. Grace is also a Scorpio. Yes, we love. For context. Um, So uh, he has a lot of family in Booth Bay, Maine, apparently. (gasps) He does? So I think we just got to rent a cabin in Booth Bay and just, like, wait. Hide out. (laughs) Just wait. Next August, that's what we're doing. Okay, great. I love it. Then that means we have to be in Booth Bay. Yeah, great. Yeah. (laughs) We uh, we all love Maine. We do. We do. Thank you for those facts, Gracie. Those were were really great. Those were really good. Um, (laughs) My last romance note is, okay, so the, the song. Uh, there's the song that ends the movie is, mm-hmm. um, let my love open the door, which is also Brian Reynolds plays it in his dad's shed early in the movie. You've all heard the song. It's let my love open the door. Let my love open the door. Let my yeah, love open the door. I don't think there are any other heart. lyrics. <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> thank you. So it's a very popular song. I've heard it my whole life. Until watching this movie with the closed captioning on and seeing the lyrics in the bottom of the screen, I could have, I would have sworn to you, I would have sworn on my life that the lyrics of the song were, it might have opened the door. Even though the title of the song is, let my love open the door. You thought the lyrics that. were, it might have opened the door? Yeah. <laughs> it might have opened the door. It might have opened the door. It might have opened the door to your heart. Do, 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 do. It might have opened the door. Yeah, would have sworn it. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> was, was that was that not as good as Grace's Mark Ruffalo facts? No, it was really good. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I do not. <laughs> I liked it. I'm also. I okay. I have a couple questions. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> number one, uh, why do you feel like this falls under the romance section? <laughs> Because it's a love song that they walk out to. It's a love song. I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> Sorry, what category would you have placed it under? Either blast from the past because it's blast from your past <laughs> thinking that it might have opened the door made sense. Even though you knew the title of the song was Let My Love Open the Door. No, I didn't know the title of the song. I just like. Oh, you didn't know the title. Okay, okay. 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 Yeah. I, thought, I thought you knew the title and you still I would have said the title. I would have said the title is It Might Open the Door. Incredible. I mean, Maybe just I open love the that. Door. Oh, you would have thought it was just open the door. Yeah, just open or like, the door. Your I don't know, consistency maybe? I don't know where I'd put that, but I don't think it would be in love, to be honest. I think I'd put it in know. what have you done, because it's like, what did Paige do? <laughs> <laughs> he got the lyrics wrong. 
<laughs> That's what she did. She got them wrong. <laughs> From now on, um, all of our what have you done notes have to end with like, what did they do? And then you have to answer the question. <laughs> I love that. That's a good structure. Yeah, Very cool, clear. Cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Update to the pod. <laughs> okay. Ready, set. Ladies, Ladies, did we we just just time travel back to the 1950s? Was that everything you wanted it to be, Grace? Yes, I'm sorry I messed it up. No, you didn't. Okay, great. You're doing great. (laughs) (laughs) I have my my notes organized by the three ladies and then the men. So. Okay, well, we can go with that that structure. (laughs) That's fine. What lady do you want to start with? Zoe. Okay, great. Start with her. I mean, my only note is like, yes, she is so cool. She's a badass. Love her. Yes. Great. Yes. Yeah, she's great. She appears on screen for maybe 10 minutes total. I feel like I get her whole character. I'm very in love with her. I see why Ryan's very in love with her. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. Love her. Agreed. Perfect female character. Perfect female character. Boss babe. Except that she's <laughs> like forced to die, but it's fine. Yeah, but like she chooses it. It's it's sure. definitely like her own volition. Then we can talk about Maya if you want. Okay, talk about a boss babe. <laughs> Total girl boss. She girl boss way too close to the sun. That's... Okay, but also her character develop like because when older Maya goes back to visit younger Maya, younger Maya is sort of like I don't want to help you anymore. I like don't like what you're doing, and I'm like how. How, what changed? Like, what happened to corrupt this person so much? Greed, power. Sure. Okay. Fine. Yes. That's all what the movie things. wants us to believe. I I agree with you. I think it's a little thin. Yeah. It just seems like the movie wants us to be sympathetic towards young Maya and hate old Maya, and it's like they're the same person. You're making this hard for me. <laughs> also, they were played by the same actress using just like a lot of technology. Oh, I wondered about that. Yeah. Yeah, do you guys have any other things to say about Maya besides hashtag boss bitch, hashtag lean in? I was thinking it might pass Bechdel because she talks to herself <laughs> about herself, which I love. So we have to tweet at Alison Bechdel. If you talk to yourself, does it count? Does it count? That I don't know. That is a great question. I don't know. Okay, I have a couple, I have a couple of follow-ups. Um, so if you talk to like a past version of yourself that you were visiting through time travel, that feels different from like, I am simply like talking to myself, <laughs> sure. which is the thing I do often, but sure. would I pass the Bechdel test talking to me just like in life? Right. Like I'm picturing Issa Rae talking to herself in the mirror and insecure. Does that count? No. I don't know. I think there has to be two people who could talk. Okay. So wait, but if I talk to myself in the mirror and the mirror me talks back, does no, that count? Because Helena, I'm sorry to tell you, but the mirror you is not talking back. That's all in your brain. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Got something to do. So like, <laughs> but yeah, I I think I don't know. I'm I'm writing a new rule. Addendum to the Bechdel test, said by pay, by by mayor. Mayor <laughs> the mayor test. test. The mayor test. It does count if you if if. If you're t- if there's time travel involved and older you talks to younger you, that counts. As long as you're not talking about a man. As long, yeah, of course. All the other rules of the Bechdel test apply. You also both have to have a name. You should add that to our list of rules. I am. If older you is talking to younger you about you. <laughs> Wait, yeah. What happens if it's about you? Does that affect things? Yeah, if you're not a man. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. 
All right. Wow. We are breaking new ground here. Thank you, Gracie. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about Jennifer Garner. I feel like this is the most, this is the, this is, this is sort of the juiciest one, even though she's on screen way less time than the other two. Mm-hmm. Agreed. This is the juiciest one when it comes to feminism. Um, Helena, before I talk about dead dad stuff, do you want to talk about the being a mom stuff? Because it seems like you have stuff to say about that. Yeah, I just feel like her, pretty much her only identity is like she's a mom and she's a, a grieving mom. It, her character's a little thin. I, I don't know. Like, I felt like they were trying really hard to be like, she and her son have this like weird relationship. But I honestly didn't think it was that bad. I don't know. Like, he was like being quippy to her, but she was like quipping right back. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it was that yeah. negative. Like, I've seen a lot worse sort of relationships between mothers and son, mm-hmm. like mothers and children. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was weird that they were like, this is, you're so mean to your mom. You're so bad to your mom. Like you're a terrible person. And and she was like, my son is awful. And I don't know. They seemed like they were kind of having fun together. It's very weird. I don't know. I don't think she was worried about her and her son's relationship as much as um, she was worried about her son, right? Like he keeps getting suspended from school. He's sure, fighting. yeah. Which okay, mm-hmm. I I didn't say this earlier, but like maybe if your kid is clearly going through something and just got suspended from school and is twelve years old, you get a babysitter for him. Just a thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, she was like, "Don't play video games while I'm gone." I was like, "You're going on a date. Like, let him. He he should play. What else is he gonna do?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he does the homework. He just got suspended. Can he live? <laughs> I get though like yeah he wasn't being super terrible to his mom but his mom is going through a lot of shit and like I don't know I think back on like like I was I wasn't terrible to my parents but like I just was a teenager and like we got in fights and whatever and like I think back about it now and like how much especially like my mom has constantly done for me and I feel shitty do you think like like Ryan Reynolds when he was so sad about that he was like maybe overblowing it a little bit because he like that because of that sort of thing i mean i think what we're led to believe about ryan reynolds's character is he does a lot of essentializing right like in his head his dad worked a lot so his dad was a workaholic and was never there for his kid Mm -hmm. so he's probably like my mom who was there for me was a fucking saint and i was a monster you know like Mm -hmm. i think he just does a lot of essentializing um of, of his parents and people in his past generally which like a lot of us do right like that's why therapy and inner child work and all these things are so important as adults because our memories are so fallible and like looking back we're so uh it's so easy to essentialize people from our past that we like looked up to as children especially right and like that's Mm -hmm. it's a big thing with parents like that's why people always when parents get older and they like get sick or like you have to see them in a hospital like it's always a shocking thing when you end up having to take care of a parent which is why i i yeah i just think he did a lot of essentializing Mm. that's a really good assessment yeah i mean i think that the movie does a fairly good job of being like wow ryan reynolds really needed to go to therapy to deal with his dad's death except that it doesn't come to the conclusion that he should go to therapy to deal with his dad's death the movie's just like thank god he went back in time and talked to his 12 year old self you know sure well i think it's interesting because like the metaphor for therapy is like like i said before like this is a very like bald-faced metaphor for inner child work and therapy like 
inner child work is all about like going back and talking to your little self and being like, what did you need? What did you not get? Like, how can I help you? And like, that is literally what he does. Um, Especially the part where he plays catch with his dad and his younger self. It's like, oh my God, like (laughs) my man, we are, we are really doing this. And and, you know, there's also a part where I guess we're probably we're like probably veering into some of the territory you were planning on covering when That's we talk fine. about the men, but I'm gonna talk about That's it. How conversations work. Like, I felt like the the whole Mark Ruffalo scene, there was a whole scene where Mark Ruffalo like takes Ryan Reynolds face in his hands and he's like, you are good and I love you, son. And yeah. it was beautiful and really nice. And like what everybody wants. And like, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it was touching and like I liked how sort of like raw and just like we're just gonna do this it was yeah but I was also like okay (laughs) (laughs) that's all right we I see what you're doing like that whole that whole section to me just felt like we read one book about inner child work and now we're gonna put it on screen here you go here it is I mean time travel is inner child work there you there it is that's the metaphor of the movie time travel is inner child work yeah oh my gosh okay another rule wow this well it reminded me of our whole thing about like time travel is not therapy and like how Mm. how a lot of movies Mm. sort of like use it to like help people work through their shit yeah and it's funny because usually we see that in movies where it's a loop like that's usually the context but in this one it was like a movie where it's a jump but he's literally just like talking to his younger self. And so it's inner child work that that version of therapy as time travel as therapy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the metaphor is a little heavy handed, but they do good job. I just wish they would have said at some point, like I wish someone would have just said like, Hey man, it's like maybe young Adam could have said to older Adam, like after they have that big talk outside the motel, uh, whatever, be like, Hey, like maybe you could have gone to therapy like maybe it didn't take your wife dying and you like going back in time to try to stop time travel yeah for us all to sort these emotions out yeah for sure but i did think i thought it was interesting that the movie like i I sort of liked that the movie pointed out how fallible memories are and like how much ryan reynolds had decided like it is a very common reaction right to losing to losing someone is to like find a way to be angry instead of dealing with the pain of that loss. And I was like, I just think that's sort of a, an advanced, an advanced concept for a movie like this to deal with. Yeah. And all I was really going to say more specifically about the dead dad stuff is like, I, I also appreciated again, a little heavy handed and like, why is Jennifer Garner going to keep talking to this man, giving her advice in the bar. But I sort of appreciated Ryan Reynolds being like, aren't you grieving too? So tell him. And her being yeah. like, I don't think he needs it. And then him being like, the problem with acting like you have it all together is that he believes it. And like, this is literally like, I'm, again, I'm not 12. When my dad died, I was 23, I think. Um, You're still so young. The five-year anniversary is coming up. So I must have been 24. And like, my mom did the same thing where she would not talk to us about it. And whenever mm-hmm. I would try to like, talk to her about how she was doing she was like you guys don't need to deal with that and I was like but we're all going through the same thing especially again I was not 12 I was 24 but it's like so it's different in the sense that like I wasn't I didn't think my mom had it all together right I was old enough and smart enough to be like this is a lot that she's dealing with right like but I was sort of like, I, I, it was isolating. It was, yeah. she thought she was helping, but it was isolating for her to not share. Yeah. Um, and I think that like, is that's a, a 
again, it's a it's a thing with our parents' generation, which I don't think Jennifer Garner. I guess she's around my mom's age. Maybe I like feel five, like Jennifer Garner ago. is like Gen X. My mom's Gen X. Really? Oh yeah, your mom's young. Yeah. Jennifer Garner is um, definitely younger than your mom, but not by that much. You're right. Okay, but Gen X generally is. I would count in the category of people who like didn't go to therapy, um, at least until they were like, until recently. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Garner is definitely in therapy. The actual person, not the, not the character. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think our, the stiff upper lip, again, I understand where that impulse comes from and like staying strong for your kids or like people staying strong for anyone for staying strong for other people. But it's like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really work in the long run, right? Because, like, you lose steam. They don't feel like they understand what's happening with you. Like, I don't know. I just think it's in a movie about doing inner child work and therapy. I also thought it was, it was, I thought it was, again, sort of an advanced concept in a nice moment for Ryan Reynolds to say that. I just wish it wasn't in the context of, like, the creepiest man at the bar ever. The weirdest interaction (laughs) anyone's ever had at a bar. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, for sure. That's all I wanted to say about Dead Dad's Club. Thanks, Paige. Thanks, Paigey. Let's see it in heels. We've talked a little bit about how greed corrupts and uh, the technology of the future seems very paternalistic. The fact that they're like, yep. your DNA tells us you can't fly this plane. I don't know how the DNA would determine that, but like, I don't that doesn't really make sense to me, but okay. Maybe it's like when you touch it, it. De- determines like more than just dna but that wouldn't work because if it determined more than dna it probably could be like hey this is a 12 year old right that is about to fly this plane oh yeah that's so funny yeah you're right <laughs> maybe it's like theranos it's fake technology <laughs> yeah it's the fake blood drop <laughs> it all comes out it all comes out the investors are gonna be so mad <laughs> but um yeah i think the that sort of does feel like where we're headed with like electric cars or like self-driving cars stuff, you know, where they're like, we can figure, we'll determine what's good for you or whatever. I don't love it. I don't like it. Well, luckily Ryan Reynolds destroyed that version of the future. So instead there will be some other horrifying technology. Phew. Um, this is not a feminist take. It's just a thing I noticed. Which is a great, which is a, a well-worn um, uh, trope Thing to say in this, in this particular section. Sure, so please, sure, sure. Please yes, us, thank you. Gone. Um, and maybe you can put it somewhere else or cut it. But I noticed that um, in the past, Jennifer Garner didn't have bangs, but in the present, she had bangs. <gasps> and like, who doesn't want to go back in time at some point and like not have bangs or have bangs? <laughs> anyway, I just liked it. Wait, wait, wait. In like 2018, she had bangs? I No, I can't remember. In one of the like timelines, she had bangs. And in one of the ones she didn't. I think 2022, she had bangs. <gasps> wait, no, you're right. Because I clocked how bad the bangs she were. She had bangs. I was like, these are terrible bangs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were grief bangs. <laughs> they were grief bangs. That's what it was. She was Who like, hasn't gotten grief bangs? I mean, yeah. Uh, I would just like to say grief bangs, that is feminism. So yeah. <laughs> that is feminism. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> In both senses of the word, grief. Bangs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Banging for grief and getting bangs. A fringe, yeah. if you will. All right. Shall we wrap this up? Okay. Is it, is the, it the best, best of times? Time? Time? 
here's where we talk about if you should watch it, in what context, we rate it on our doomsday clock on a scale from noon to midnight. Noon being notoriously, it's so bad, gouge your own eyes out before you watch this film. Midnight being notoriously, it's so good that you could have like, a, uh, your eyeballs will want to party in their sockets because you're mm -hmm. watching it and it's so good. That feels like a better way to frame it, right? I like party in your eyeballs, but party in your eyeballs. <laughs> Bringing the sockets into it is a choice. <sighs> All right. Noon is bad. Midnight is good. We will keep workshopping it. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll start with our We're guest. Ever evolving. Which, oh my gosh, we should take this moment to remind everyone, like 50 episodes later, <gasps> yes. that like our guest's partner. We're good. We're hot. They're Thank good. You. We're hot. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Shore is the one who came up with our Doomsday Clock uh, originally. So yes. does he want to come out and rate this movie real quick? Is he done Thank with his you. hat tie? Time slut Steve. Uh, I'm not sure what he's doing. Okay, we'll leave it alone. <laughs> if he wants to submit a, a rating, we can put it on the Instagram. Okay, great. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll put it on the gram. Um, I would give it an 11 p.m. Uh, oh. I, I had a lot of fun. I had a great time. Yeah. I cried. I laughed. I um, thought about bangs. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> okay, I would say... I think I would give this movie like maybe more like a 930. I, I think it was a little heavy handed for me. Mm -hmm. It was the Ryan Reynolds of it all. I, I liked him, but it was a little much for me, I think. <laughs> um, but I did have a very good time. I do think you should watch this movie. It, it's a fun time and the time travel's pretty good and the action is fun. And uh, all the couples are good and hot. So what more <laughs> did you want? Yeah, um, I'm going to go 10 p.m. I... Cannot believe no one has watched this movie. I get no it. One. It's like, yeah, it's, it is not groundbreaking, but the time travel and all the time travel talk and philosophy is very good. It's very much what we want on this podcast. Uh, everyone in it is great, good and hot. And um, Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Garner are back together and we yes. love to see it. So like, yes. what more can you want really? And it's under two hours and it's on Netflix. So yeah, there's really no reason not to watch this movie. Maybe I revise, yeah. maybe I revise and go to 10. I'm going to go to 10. I take it back. Mark right. Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Who, who am I to say no to Mark Ruffalo? <laughs> uh, what did we rate 13 going on 30? I'd love to go back. I think we might have rated it like a midnight. I fucking love that movie. I fucking watch it, it was, like once a month. It might have been like an 11, but. I think yeah. it was, yeah. Uh, not on Rotten Tomatoes, movie. but in our hearts. <laughs> and you're a perfect movie. Real quick, I just, we got to thank our guest. Thank you so much, Grace, for being here. You yeah, are a delight, you. as we knew you would be. Honored, thank and you. And an absolute trooper through all of the technical difficulties, the worst technical yeah. difficulties we've ever had. <laughs> Hope yeah. you recorded this time. Thanks for having me. Fingers Honored. crossed. <laughs> and we cannot wait to see the duel between you and Morgan and Mike Dacchio for see to see who's number one. Oh, wow. Okay, no, but again, fine. no fighting to the death because we don't have that many listeners. So <laughs> right. need to keep all of them. With, with that, that, we'll be we'll back. We'll be back in, in no, no time at all. Oh no. She left. She left. She fully left. She fully left. She was like, your reading She's is gone. not doing it for me. She hates it. <laughs> so rude. She did not. She liked it when she was reading the joke about Adam's dad, but she did not like when I did the joke about Adam's dad. Sorry, I couldn't find my water bottle. This and I thought I was trying to find the thing that's ever happened with your paragraph.
believe I went back to the Zencaster and you were just gone. Okay. I have water now. Okay. <laughs> We've got uh, a physics guy. Oh, she's going again. She's out. <laughs> this is the rudest Where thing I've ever going? seen. I'm letting you talk. I usually talk Fired. too much. I can't. Please pack up your things. Get out. I can't talk if you're if you're rolling over your bed, showing me your ass. Pack up your things. I didn't know you were looking at me. You said you weren't looking at me. When we were looking at the summary, but I moved away so I could be surprised by the blast from the past thing. I'm dead. Please, Helena, please talk about the science. I'm not going to talk about it until you're back. I feel so insulted. Oh my god. You're like scrabbling around like a weird gremlin. I tried to adjust because it's been a very uh, adjusty time. Okay. Okay, here we go. Okay, Okay, um, I guess I'm going to talk now because you've missed your chance. No, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk. Okay. Also thought that huh? young Adam. Is she are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Please see yourself out. Here. Please see yourself out. <laughs> Sorry, my food is here. Give me one second. My my husband has scoliosis. Okay, go go roll your way out of here. <laughs> wow! Wow! Incredible! Wow. <laughs> what this like dials down into because you're just gonna really have her work cut out for her serious so just page edit edit page does the editing wow yeah it's gonna be a lot it's gonna be a lot is there gonna be any material left <laughs> it's gonna be like a type five where we're just like mm, mark ruffalo <laughs> that's the whole thing <laughs>